0: to speak about don't feed the dolphins. And I preached on this in 02 for the first time. Uh, my brother and I have been going to the Keys for 35 years, since 1979 to, I think, 205 or something like that. And we were usually, we started out a week. and went two weeks the next year, three weeks the next year, four weeks from that point on. The, last, the longest I ever was there in Key West where we stayed was about seven weeks one year. And uh, we lobstered, speared fish, and had a great time. It was a a real change of pace. And I got a lot of sermon ideas while I was in the Keys. and preached a number of them. This is one of them. Don't feed the dolphins. I preached this again in 06. 06 was the last time I preached this. No, I'm sorry about that. I did not do that. I preached in 11, 2011. So, 12 years ago, I did this message. If you've ever heard it, somebody came up to me and said, I think I've heard that sermon before, preacher. I said, Well, tell me what it says. They said, Well, all we know is the title. I said, That's right. Well, I'm going to help explain more than the title today. Don't feed the dolphins. And we break for a word of prayer. Our Father, we need you to come today. These are just words. Without the blessed Holy Spirit to apply these things. These will go off the walls, over the Internet, and accomplish nothing. I, can't, I acknowledge and I feel helpless every time I get up here. I, I acknowledge again today that without you, we can do nothing. We need your help. This is for your cause. Father, to do great and mighty things today that we, we may never know. In Jesus' name, amen. So don't feed the dolphins. What's this about? Okay. My brother and I, in our boat, we would go from Key West every morning, and we would run through. We run a back back way. We we don't go out into the ocean. We run a back way, and we had due west, and the way is called the Lakes. It says it's, it's the locals know it. We knew it. It's a shallow water way. We would make our way to the place called the Marquesa Islands, Marquesas. So we go to the Marquesas, and then we go west from there in lobster and catch some, you know, spearfish, lobster for the rest of the day and do sometimes 10 dives a day, about 10 tank dives a day is what we averaged. And so where was the sign? One year we went down there, and it was probably in '02 to be honest with you. That's when I first did this. There was a sign that they put up that they had never had there before, and it was a dolphin. And when I say a dolphin, you know what I mean? porpoise porpoise dolphin. It was a dolphin, picture of a dolphin with a circle around it with a slash through it. Now most of you know that means no. That circle with a slash means no. And then it, and it had underneath of it, don't feed the dolphins. And it had somewhat of an explanation under the need, you know, don't feed the dolphins. It changes their natural uh, prey and it changes their way of doing things and hurts them and so, and actually kills them. Ultimately, if you feed the dolphins, it changes their whole outcome of life. Oh, it doesn't hurt anything to feed them. Hmm. Well, I'm hopefully healthy today on that. So what does it do? I want to look at the process, the penalty, and the prescription this morning. The process of feeding the dolphins. What's it do to them? Well, first, by man feeding the dolphins food like trout or pinfish or shiners, uh they lose their natural desire for what God has provided for them uh they so first of all, they lose their natural desire of what God provides for them. They eat some usually unnatural things that they don't eat, like shrimp and things. Secondly, when men feed the dolphins, they stop being content with the normal way that they hunt and feed and 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 the way they eat, and it changes their god given pattern. In life. Now, by the way, this works with other animals and dolphins. It works with squirrels too and some other things that you folks feed. (laughs) So they lose desires. They lose contentment with the normal way of life. Thirdly, pretty soon they become content with only the abnormal and the normal is no longer appealing to them. One time I was fishing out here and somebody had been feeding the dolphins because. When we were fishing for trout, these porpoise dolphins came up, and they just sat, you know, they put their nose and head out of the water and look at us. Have you ever had a dolphin? Dolphins don't do that. Dolphins stay, breed dolphins are you know, typically a little scared of boats and scared of people, and they don't like to hang around them unless somebody's been feeding them. And so this dolphin stayed with us all day long. As we, In fact, he tried to get the fish before we got him in. And you know what would happen if he ate a fish before we got it in, they'd get hooked, right? They'd get hooked, would get the hook, swallow the hook, possibly kill them. So, first of all, you lose your desire, your natural desires, you lose contentment with the normal way, you become content with only the abnormal way. Fourthly, they begin to expose themselves to dangers that are unnatural for them, like man, boats, hooks. And so that changes. They have abnormal dangers exposure. Fifthly, They stop exercising normally and socializing normally, which leads to their early deaths and changes their family outcome. It is extremely bad for dolphins to be fed by humans. It goes for bigger than that, more than dolphins now. A lot of animals are that way. Not all animals are that way, but many animals also are that way. With this in mind, I had an idea when I was sitting there looking at that sign one day, because we stopped to read it. I said, "There's something here spiritually going. This is something spiritual." Because I had done enough counseling and been around people enough with the troubles that they have, and I said, "This is fitting. This is fitting more than just for these animals." And this, the text verse is John chapter eight, verse thirty-four. If you want to turn there or look there on your phones, John eight thirty-four. You should know where that's at. Jesus' words. He said. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. The word servant there is a Greek word doulos. It means slave of sin. So whosoever sins is a slave or servant of sin. With that in mind, let me try to explain the penalty. So I told you the process of of addiction is what I'm talking about, really abnormality, making, considering the abnormal normal. As that dolphin gets addicted to man-made food and eventually leads to his demise, so the devil has many things prepared for you that he'd be willing to feed you that will cause abnormal outcome in your life. Let me start with a few of them. I'm going to deal with the three major areas that I see people struggling in. The biblical warnings of immorality in the Bible are many, many. The Bible gives stern warnings about delving into the abnormal arena of sexual temptations. Sins, basically you could say it this way, sin is abnormal use of the normal. Sexual relationship is why we're here this morning. It wouldn't be for... Sexual relations between men and women, none of us would be here. It's normal. It's normal. But and so it's not sin and right in the right circumstances with marriage to the same mate for life. That's God's pattern, Adam and Eve. That's God's pattern. And so it's it's normal and right in that context. But if you take it out of its context, it can be fatal and indeed will be fatal. There's four, if you you may not have heard of this, but Acts chapter uh, 15, verse 20. The church got together early on, and the Gentiles and the Jews were having some struggles of should we follow the law of Moses, should we not follow the law of Moses? What about the law of Moses? Because the Moses' law was dear to the Jews, it should have been. But to the Gentiles, the law of Moses really didn't mean anything. All they knew was Christ, Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, that was sent to bear the sins of the world, died on the cross, was resurrected the third day. That's what they needed to know, and that's what their gospel is, is the preaching of that, and they accepted Christ their Savior. So, But they didn't know what the Jews knew about the law of Moses, and they didn't understand all this attachment to the law of Moses. Well, that had to be kind of uh, filtered out. That whole subject had to be had to be discussed and changed. So we have the what we call the Council of Jerusalem. Or the, the, the big shots, the apostles got together with the people in Acts chapter 15 verse 20, uh, they made four laws for the early church and here's what they were but I write but that we write unto them, that's the Gentiles that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication. that word fornication is the word pornea, it is immorality of any kind and from things strangled and from blood. So he told them to stay away from covetousness, which is idolatry. It's defined in the Bible as idolatry. From immorality and things strangling from blood or from pollutions. Okay, so basically it's been said the four laws of the New Testament. But this And it's interesting, and I want to emphasize today the immorality that's mentioned here. Of all the sins that could have been mentioned, these four were brought up, especially uh, covetousness and immorality, the first two. So, but we see that this is also in the list of reprobates as listed in Romans chapter 1, verse 29. You say, what are the sins? What's a reprobate? Reprobate is someone who's so hardened against God that he's not savable. He was savable. But as life went on, he hardened himself against God to the place where God no longer is convicting him of sin. No longer is God working with him about this. He's just let him do what he wants to do. You read Romans 1, you see that. And in the list here, and what I'm caring about is the list of reprobate. It says being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. So the first thing that's listed in the reprobate sin is immorality. So it must be a big deal. The Bible says immorality is a sin against your own body. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Meats for the belly and belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, that's immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, flee fornication. The word flee means like jump up and run out. The building's on fire. Get out of here. Now, don't do that. But if it was on fire, I'd be telling you, get up, use the exits, don't crowd each other, nobody fall, but get out of here. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication and his immorality sinneth against his own body. That's a very interesting verse. And, of course, you know you know that uh, that verse is there because of uh, STDs. It just literally STDs take people. Uh, syphilis and all those real serious things before they had any medicine for them would kill them. AIDS is a sexual sin, immoral sin. How many people has have AIDS, has AIDS killed so that's that's a very literal thing it's a sin against your own body so it's it's also immorality this is also one of the major sins of the children of Israel in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 8 it says neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in in one day three and twenty twenty three thousand and so God's always been clear about this area of of immorality. It's defined as a work of the flesh in Galatians 5.19. It says now the works of the flesh. You say what are the works of the flesh? It's defined in Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. Number one. Adultery. Number two. Fornication. Number three. Uncleanness. Which has to do with sexual sin. Now, lasciviousness. Number four. Has to do with sexual sin. The first four things mentioned have to do with immorality. So what I'm trying to get at, I guess, and define for you is it's a big deal. Immorality has taken down many, many strong people, supposedly, that thought they were strong. You are not past being taken down by this ancient enemy called immorality. You're not past it. Even if you're old, you're not past it. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So what would that be? Well, the following thing says that you should abstain from fornication. So God says, I want you to be sanctified. The word sanctified is a big word. It means to be set apart from evil and, and set apart to God. It has a double meaning, set apart from evil, not to go into a, a neutral state, but, but to be set apart to God, I don't think you can be neutral. I think you're either going to be set apart from the world to God or set apart from God to the world, but you're not going to be somewhere in between this neutral state that people like to, people love the gray area. They want to dwell in the gray area, but there's no, if you look it up, there's no gray area in the Bible Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall, the fire for it shall be revealed But fire. Fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And the Bible says you'll be judged for the things done in your body, whether they be good or bad. There's no gray. What you do today is going to fall in the area of good or bad. It's not going to fall into the area of gray. So it's important that you get that. You don't start gray areaing a bunch of stuff, saying, well, you know, it's a gray area. The Bible's clear that immorality will hurt you. Why? Immorality is abnormal. God made a man and a woman within, the, within, the, within matrimony to be able to have physical relations with each other, and it was sanctified by God. It was blessed by God. It was the way God used to multiply his people. But anything outside of that, both both physically or mentally, in other words, what you see. Jesus made it clear, if a man looks on a woman. Notice he said a man, he didn't say a woman. He said in there, he said in, in Matthew, he said, if a man looks on a woman to lust after her, he's committed adultery in his heart. Now, I'm not saying women don't have trouble with immorality, for they do. But they don't have so much trouble with visual immorality. Men have more trouble with visual immorality. Pornography is a sin of men. There's no doubt about it. There was a big group called the Promise Keepers years ago got together and they did did a kind of a blind survey among the thousands and thousands and thousands of men and they asked them, uh, do you have trouble with pornography? Ninety-five percent of the men answered yes. It's disappointing. But it's true. I'm not... You say, well, what are you doing talking to us about that? Because you people struggle with it. That's why. I preached this sermon at Bob Jones University to about 4,000 students. After I got done preaching it, the uh, dean of men came up to me, almost ran up to me afterwards. He said, "Preacher, preacher, Man, why did you preach it? I said, well, I just felt led to preach it. I've, first of all, I felt very uncomfortable preaching this sermon at a college a Christian college where people went because they wanted to go, because they thought it was right to go, as opposed to going to a secular university where they could party hardy. They went to a Bob Jones University where there wasn't allowed and where they were against the immorality and, you know, for the Bible. So I, th- I thought, man, I'm preaching to a really moral group of people here. I mean, wouldn't you get that idea? You're preaching to a moral group of people, pretty moral group of people there. He comes up to me and says, preacher, preacher. Thank you, thank you for preaching on that. Man, he says, you wouldn't believe how many kids were kicking out weekly because of immorality, pornography, visual immorality, as well as physical immorality. Because what eventually is thought about is done. That's why the Bible says, as, you, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you eventually meditate on, you eventually act out in your real life. But I want to say this, straight up and down, immorality is abnormal. It's just like that dolphin who, who was fed by somebody, a pinfish, and it was easy. He didn't have to go hunt. He didn't have to go swim much. And he figured if he, if he hung around those boats, uh, those people were throwing fish and throwing shrimp to him. And, oh, they were taking pictures of him. He could come up beside the boat. They'd, they'd give him, okay, and they'd, oh, it's wonderful. We get to feed dogs. They feed manatees the same way. eventually led to him not having a family. He led to that dolphin getting fat, out of shape, out of his group, exposing himself to danger. One day he got ran over by a propeller. One day he got a hook in the stomach and they ripped it out and he bled to death. Abnormal. And let me say this, immorality will bleed you out. Immorality will gut you like a fish. You don't have, man, you don't have a worse enemy than immorality. How many men have been destroyed by that? Why so many so serious, so carefully placed, so thoroughly placed warnings are in the Bible about going into this area? because it changes the normal, the abnormal, which changes your whole natural God-given plan for success and and the plan that God had for you to have a happy life. God, by telling you don't do this and don't do that, is not trying to stop you from having fun. He's not trying to make life not exciting. He's trying to make sure you can have a happy life. That you can have a good, wholesome conscience, and that you can get up in the morning and and, and know that you've not wronged anyone, and you've not hurt anyone, and you've obeyed the the, the will of the God who made you. He wants you to have children. That, yeah, but the devil doesn't, and the flesh doesn't for sure. God's way is the only way. It's the only way. I hope you get this whether pornography or cocaine or alcohol, sexually explicit videos, soap operas, chick flicks, video games, romance novels. I, I, I hit a numbers of people on this. Food addiction. Whatever it is, whosoever commits sin is a servant, a slave, will become a slave. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said of that sin and you're not an exemption, and you're not exempted. They addict through change of the normal, and eventually you accept the abnormal for the normal. It's like cocaine. I've dealt with a number of coke addicts, and I asked them to explain to me why they were addicted to coke and why they sold their job and why they sold their life and why they sold their marriage and why they sold their self-respect and why they sold their health and why they sold their life for some white powder. What in the world? Once you take cocaine, you feel an abnormal release of God-given endorphins in massive, abnormal quantities to a place where nothing ever in this life has ever felt so good or come so close to feeling that good. Consequently, a return a little bit later for the same high that only cocaine can give, you're addicted. You don't want to live. I had a cocaine that I went after, and he'd lost everything. He would make six figures, had a wife, child, lost all, dumped all that stuff. Sucked it, he's sucked it up his nose. said, why in the world would you do this? He said, preacher, there's nothing like it. I said, you were never meant by God to ever feel that. He said, I know it, preacher. I was addicted the first time I did cocaine. First time. He said, my he said, I can go six months without it, but it gets on my mind and begins to begin, I begin to feel like, man, would that be nice? Whoo, begins to work on him. He said, I can begin to meditate on what it would feel like to do that again. And he says, I go to places to buy it, the people carry guns and 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 you know the hoods and the gangs, and I buy it in the hoods. And he says, and I'm one of these days somebody's gonna shoot me. He said, I've had them hold guns to my head and laugh because they know I'm addicted and I'm there to buy coke. They go to the hardest areas of town. Police officer, you know what I'm talking about. They go to the hardest areas of town to buy the drugs. People damn themselves. Same thing with the dolphin. Because the Bible says whosoever sinned, whosoever committed sin is a slave of sin. You want to stay away from it. Abnormal behavior, abnormal spending, abnormal emotional habits, abnormal exposure to dangerous places, abnormal eating habits, abnormal lack of exercise, abnormal social behavior, abnormal life expectancy. That's what the devil's got in store for you. He'll give you a thrill, but it'll cost you your life. It'll cost you your quality. Don't feed the dolphins. This goes in the area of marriage. The devil is working to destroy marriages as hard as he's working to destroy anything on this planet. He's trying to destroy your marriage. Don't say amen. Don't say amen. I can tell you the devil doesn't want you to be married one woman for life. The devil doesn't want you women to be married for one man for life. What do you think this transgender is about? He's trying to do the abnormal, the perversion, anything he can do to destroy marriage. Let me say a few things about marriage. The world's view of marriage, you see it on the soap operas. Once you begin to view soap operas or read novels or watch chick flicks, which you girls seem to have a propensity to want to do because we men Do not measure up to your romantic vision. (laughs) There's an honest person here, amen. I never did try to measure up to romance. I tell my wife I am terrible romantically, terrible, but I'm a great handyman. I'll change your light bulbs, fix your, do your fixtures, change your plumbing, do thing. But, man, don't ask me to do the candlelight deal with soft music, man. I'd rather get beat up and drug out of the house. But you watch a soap opera, read a romance novel, watch a chick flick, and how do they display those men? You've got beautiful women with beautiful men. And and it, and it allows the women, mostly the women who read that stuff, uh, they get a kind of a romantic uh, escape that takes place, some sort of a, an enjoyment. Vicar- I call it vicarious enjoyment through the characters of fictitious drama occurs. That's what happens. Then the old man comes home. You watch your chick flick. The old man stumbles in, all greasy, sweaty, smelly hair, uncombed, matted at full day's work, face shiny and accumulated grease, shirt stretched out around his waist from too many fast food, macaroni and cheese meals that you've made him. Instead of whisking you out and throwing you back in his arms and giving you a romantic kiss, he grunts and says, you're not fixing that same thing again today, are you? Bingo. Bingo. The next day at 1 o'clock, on goes the TV, out comes a romance novel, on goes the chick flick, and the woman says in her, "I I wish I was that woman, and that man was my husband, and they vicariously drink in some sort of a romantic satisfaction. Addiction. Addiction. They desire the abnormal. You know that those chick flicks, soap operas, and romantic novels are lying to you. First of all, the women never work. You can't get into trouble. You, 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 first of all, that's not real. Women need to be busy working, cleaning the house, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, making it happen. Or maybe they got a job or do something But let me tell you this. The Bible warns sternly about idleness. Don't be idle. It's the devil's workshop. That was what my mother used to tell me. It's true, by the way. Idleness. Your mind begins to work. You're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. You're looking at stuff for you're not. You shouldn't be looking at. You're 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 getting to put the abnormal in. And when you put the abnormal in, pretty soon you won't even want the normal. He'll be distasteful to you. It's something you don't even want to like. Just like that dolphin that came up beside our boat. Don't feed the dolphins. You say, preacher, man, you're against everything. I'm only against the abnormal. The Bible's only against the abnormal. The Bible likes it when you laugh. The Bible likes it when you have joy. The Bible likes it when you have peace. The Bible wants to bless the socks off of you. If you would believe the Bible and believe God, he'll cause you to have a, a, a fulfilling, deep, satisfying life. But you got to believe it. Now let me go to the men. A man watches a pornographic film or a magazine, internet movie, YouTube. He sees some luscious, beautiful, curvy, too-good-to-be-true woman. He goes home. His little woman meets him at the door. Her hair looks like a lightning strike is imminent. Her face has gone south. Her shape looks like a pyramid instead of an hourglass. Instead of a wet poochy lips that he just saw on the pornography movie or whatever he watched, he looks at her and sees chap lips with a cold sore. Instead of them beautiful tan. Shapely legs, you see her legs look like a topographical map of the Rocky Mountains. You get the idea, though I exaggerated some. Don't feed the dolphins. Let's say it together. Don't feed the dolphins. Let's say it again. Don't feed the dolphins. God has a prescription for you. If this in some way described you, God says repent. Repent for eating at the hands of the devil. You're willing to go through withdrawals. You're willing to go through some pain because you are going to go through some pain from eating the devil's artificial food. Thirdly, don't ever, ever, ever go back and just try it. I smoked for about two and a half years. I was horribly addicted to cigarettes. I've told this many times. Horribly addicted to cigarettes. I never knew addiction but man, was I addicted. I was addicted like crazy. I was a lifetime smoker. Two, three packs a day. I would have been a lifetime, not a long lifetime. But God, I got right with God at 18, and the Holy Spirit came by and says, you're addicted to those, they're wrong, they're not part of your life, get rid of it, it's going to hurt you, and you're not going to be able to do my will with it. I said, oh, man, they're good. Kathy smoked, she smoked Winston, I smoked Marlboro, opposites attract. I told her, I said, now, we got to quit smoking. She said, what? She was just new saved. I said, we need to quit smoking, girl. And she said, oh, oh, okay. If you love me, oh, I threw that card out. If you love me, you'll quit cigarettes. It's wrong. And so she said, I'll quit. I said, and she would give in. I said, I'd see her again three or four days. I said, Do you smoke? Yeah, I smoke. I said, "I, I did too. And this went on and on. I got so frustrated. I said, look, girl, if, I'm I'm just saying this. If if you smoke, I'm going to break up with you. Oh, I can't have a girl that smokes. and I got to quit smoking, and I'm just going to break up with you. So the next time you smoke, it's over. I've been married about three years. She came up to one day crying. You do not want this to happen as a married man. My wife came up, she was broken, crying. Not just crying, weeping. She said, I said, What's wrong, Kathy? What's wrong? She said, I lied to you. I said, Oh, no, you got a boyfriend? <laughs> I mean, I, I, what would you think? It was three years later. You got a boyfriend. Oh, I was going to Bob Jones University. I write right through my mind. Your mind's phenomenal. I'm gonna be thrown out. I gotta quit school. I, you know, down there, things began my whole life with crumbling right in front of my eyes. She said, No, oh, I lied to you. I smoked when I told you I didn't. That one day, she didn't smoke. I said, You haven't been smoking all three years, have you? No, no. She said, I've quit. I've quit. Let me tell you for a cigarette, you lie to your mother. Addicted. Smoking is not normal. Taking don't you don't put your head over a campfire and go. <sighs> <sighs> you don't see any animal when you're running a fire and smoke's coming out of it. They run from it. They don't go to it and say, Oh boy. Addiction. It's abnormal. Eating too much where you get massive and hurt yourself, and every doctor will tell you, don't do it. Listen to them. Listen to them. Do what you got to do to get under control. I'm not saying you're going to be skinny, man, no. But you don't want to be obese. Now, if you go to a doctor who's obese, it's okay. I figure the hypocrite won't lose himself. I ain't going to lose either. Don't feed the dolphins. Don't fantasize about the abnormal. Don't compare the abnormal with the normal in your life. Listen, my wife's, I'm, gonna, I'm risking my life here this morning for you. I'm 71. My wife's 71. She's not. 18. When I married her, she was 18. She's not 18 anymore. I look at her. She said to me the other day, Bill, I'm not aging well. I said, You're not. (laughs) It was the truth. It was, you want me to lie? You don't lie to your best friend. You tell them the truth. No, you're not aging well. She says, I know it. You're not aging well. I said, I know it. We're not aging well. We're, we're getting to be uglier as the day goes by. And we're walking humped over. You, get, you, get, you start walking like this. You know, you're shaking. My hands are shaking. And man, I love that girl. Man, I love that girl. Man, I thank God for that woman. I thank God I didn't trade her for some hussy. The devil will destroy you. Giving you pleasure the whole time, but abnormal pleasure. Don't feed the dolphins. Father, help us this morning. Oh, my Father, how I long for folks to get free, free from sin, habitual sin. He that committeth sin is a slave or servant of sin. Jesus, it was your words. Please, this morning, work. Help some people to get free this morning. Save some people this morning. Oh, God, save some marriages this morning. Help a man to be content with his wife. Help a woman to be content with her husband. Help us to be content with normal eating. Help us to be content with normal fun, normal excitement, and not go to the world for something abnormal. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida,